When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. You're listening to From the Chair, and I'm your host, Mike Hamilton. Join us each episode as we talk to athletic directors from across America. We're going to talk about topics like leadership, career development, issues of the day, and I can promise you we're going to have some fun along the way, too. So sit back, listen in, and let's dive in. Let's go. All right. Welcome in today our guest, Jamie Boggs, who's the director of athletics at Grand Canyon University. Jamie, how are you doing? Great. Thank you for having me here. Good to connect with you again. Absolutely. I'm sorry we've uh, taken a little bit of time to get us connected over these last few weeks, but we're here. So we'll dive right in. And I do thank you for your taking your time out here as you, uh, I know you're busy this time of the year for sure. Um, I want to talk about Grand Canyon and I want to talk about Jamie Boggs and then we may talk about college athletics. Okay. So, um, you know, you're in a great place. And you, for those who don't know, um, Jamie, Grand Canyon is really a university that is on the rise in terms of enrollment, and there's a a healthy mix of both on-campus, student population, and then online. Maybe explain a little bit about the history of Grand Canyon in that context. Yeah, so uh, Grand Canyon actually started as a very small college, um, uh, Grand Canyon College, and it was primarily nurses and teachers that we've we've, um, educated, and then um, throughout the 
early 2000s, we actually um, were very close to closing as an institution. We were bankrupt. Um, enrollment was dwindling to, I think, maybe down to 900. And that's when um, President Mueller, our current president, came in. He brought in a great group of leaders. Um, they raised some funding and were able to invest $1.6 billion dollars into this campus, into academic infrastructure, into people, technology, um, and President Mueller really had a vision for what this campus could be. Um, and so uh, part of it is our, our online, and we do have a, a large number of online students, um, but we also have an extremely, um, a, a very much a growing campus, uh, traditional campus. And uh, we went from, again, 900 students back in the early 2000s, and within 10 years, uh, we were at about 20,000 students. So this year we're at 25,000 students on campus. Uh, we're projected maybe over the next seven years to approach uh, 40,000 students on campus. Um, and again, with a growing online presence as well. So we do have a, a great model, and it's it's a model that has allowed us to tuition uh, low. Our tuition goes for, I believe, 16 years now, which is unheard of uh, in the higher education. So, you know, it's, it's just incredible what's happening here. Uh, this is a time when enrollment across the country is dropping and continues to drop. Um, students aren't enrolling in four-year institutions. Um, so we're seeing the opposite trend, and I think this is, you know, a lot because of the, the vision of our, our President Brian Mueller. You know, um, I know him, and he's a very entrepreneurial person for sure. And you have now been with the university um, almost since the, tr the transition to Division One. And I know he had a pretty aggressive model in place for how he wanted to see the university grow its athletic programs. And uh, obviously, you now have won, uh, I think, may, last time I checked, 13, 15 WAC championships, somewhere in that range, maybe more. Um, how do you guys feel about your progress? You really have ramped up very quickly uh, in the move to Division One. Interested to sort of um, have you talk about where that was as you came on campus first as a deputy AD and then becoming the AD and where you are now and, and where you see this headed uh, in the years ahead? Yeah, so first I'll let you know about our championships. Uh, we've actually, since turning Division One, we've won over 50 championships, um, and 21 of those have been over the last two years. <laughs> so uh, we've there definitely... Try to be as aggressive as the university is from a growth standpoint, but uh, from you know this is the way I consider that the university from you know going from 900 students to to where we are now um, from an enrollment standpoint. I think the athletics equivalent of that is turning Division One and um, being in the final four in the next in the next seven years. Uh, that's how incredible it is. So we are trying to keep up. But yes, I did come here uh, initially as a deputy athletic director. Um, I'm originally from Phoenix, and so always wanted to opportunity to maybe come back. Um, it's one of the greatest cities, I think, in the country, fifth largest city, probably going to be fourth. Great weather. Um, so if I had an opportunity to come back and, and be close to my family, I would definitely want to do that. Um, but I, I will say when I would come back to campus, um, I would come back to the Phoenix, I would notice that every time I drove by DCU, it would just larger the footprint just got larger and larger and there's an amazing arena just off Camelback Road this main road and so I was always curious about what was going on there so when the opportunity came available um, I looked into more and saw really just the growth of not just the campus but enrollment and then the investment um, into athletics and the support for athletics 
um, I saw that Jerry Colangelo, who I, I believe you may know as well, but uh, Jerry um, has also been involved in the university. And for us, if you grew up in Phoenix, he's an absolute icon. You know, he built the Suns, built the Diamondbacks, really built downtown Phoenix. And so to see that there must be something special going on at Grand Canyon. And so um, I also had the opportunity to meet President Mueller. And once you meet him, you hear his vision, everyone wants to jump on board. So I was all in right away. I liked that they were transitioning from Division II to Division One. I. I had experience with that at previous institutions and really wanted to be part of something that was building. Um, so spent a few years at the before moving into um, this role on the interim basis and uh, really got to know what GCU was about, um, stepping into that interim role. And you can see right away being part of um, the university's leadership team, the vision, uh, the, the uh, student-centered approach, the Christ-centered approach of this university, and it was something that um, you know I really believed in and bought into. And so uh, now, currently, of course, the permanent athletic director, and uh, we are very much um, aligned with the university, aligned with the culture. And that's been really what my role has been over the last two years, is to make sure that alignment was there. You know, what I told our, our staff when we first um, when I first stepped into this role, even on an intern basis, said, you know what? The university has this blueprint for, blueprint for success. It's unbelievable culture. Um, and I, I always call the four C's. It's community, collaboration, uh, Christian leadership, um, and continuous improvement. And I said, we have to move that into athletics um, because that's what has made this university so successful. So so that's what we've done over the last two years, uh, focused on the alignment of our culture. And I've, I've said to our, our team, um, our job is to add one more C, that's championships. And that has been our focus, and that is our goal. You know, um, this is not so much an athletic question as, as it is a culture and community question. Um, having been there, the the engagement with the institution, with the broader geographic footprint of where you guys sit in terms of neighborhood transition and engagement with the neighborhood, I think that's an interesting story. I know that it probably comes out of the, the uh, faith background of the institution, but more so trying to just be a part of the Phoenix community in a profound way. Uh, I think that's a little bit of an interesting story as to what you're doing in the community around campus that maybe is different from what other universities around the country are doing. Maybe you can speak to that for a couple minutes. Yes, that's actually a, a very a significant part of who we are as an institution, and it has it's been part of the um, what has drawn students here, the kind of students that we get here, and even from a coaching standpoint, our we've had head coaches who've said, um, you know, that we've recruited from other places who've said. Um, hey, your investment in this in this community is what really stood out to us. So, you know, when President Mueller first came in and, and um, led this university, we did have the opportunity to move elsewhere um, in, in the city, but um, there was a need in this community. This this community used to be kind of a, a very strong, um, economically stable community, and over time it, it kind of went in the other direction. And so President Mueller had this vision that we really want to be a part of the solution to this community and so he developed this five-point plan where we invest in creating jobs we invest in K through 12 education we invest in a safe neighborhood and it's been a great relationship um, with this community community since then um, so our students are very involved I don't mean just our student athletes but our students in general are involved in a lot of community service around here whether it's tutoring the students whether it's uh, building homes um, we have a partnership with CityServe right now where we provide um, household items to families who are, are very much in need. Um, our student athletes are also engaged in, in all the community service opportunities around here. There's a lot of people from uh, refugees from other countries that have also been in 
area, and there's some um, community service there. Uh, but really, it's been the mission of our university. That's, it's who we are um, to invest in the community to help those in need. It's been a great relationship. We've seen home prices here go up by, I think, 30% uh, is the right number. We've seen crime go down by the same percentage. Um, and it's just been a great relationship with this community. It's something that we're all very proud of. It's a great story. Uh, I want to talk about your reach because uh, um, you have extensive reach through your online community. And I remember I was at a Colorado Rockies game a couple of years ago and um, was a guest of some of their management. And I was in a box, and one of the ladies I was talking to, she had on her purple Lopes shirt. And I was asking her about it, and it turns out she was a, an admissions recruiter in the Denver metro area for the institution, right? And I don't know how many hours it is from Phoenix to Denver, but it's not just right down the street. And, and so she's spreading the love about the GCU Lopes. And so I'm curious, like, in today's world where the fan journey is not just about the, the tent pole events of a baseball game or a basketball game or a soccer game, it's how do you engage your fans year-round. And the fact that you guys do have a, a presence in that space, I'm, I'm curious as to what you guys are doing uh, to, to market and brand your athletic program in the broader context of now students spread in a variety of places. And how do you, or can you, engage them in your athletic brand and how do you how do you how are you guys trying to approach that? Yeah, we we have a very strong national presence because of our our online, and you know we do a lot of things that other institutions do. We have the athletic applications that go out and, and about the the progress of our program, and we make sure that goes out to everyone across the country. Uh, we also have initiatives that are actually in person. So there's an initiative we have called Love on the Road, and it's really run by our alumni department, but um, athletics is a part of that. So um, just as an example, we will go to a, a, a basketball game or a baseball game or a soccer game in another city where we know there's a, a, a large alumni presence, including a, alumni online presence, and that's an opportunity for all of us to engage in community. Um, we also have uh, opportunities on campus um, to engage with our online students. And, and graduation is a big part of that. I mean, graduation is a big deal. And we hold that on campus each year for, for online students. Uh, but I think one of the things that really connects us is our Christian mission. Um, our Christian mission, it's kind of throughout our curriculum. Well, it is throughout our curriculum. And that's both um, on campus and our online curriculum. And that kind of gives us that sense of community. And you really see that both our, our trad students and our online students, we all are part of the same community. You can feel it. Um, and, and one of the ways I see it, and this is going to sound odd, but um, we have the most supportive fan base, whether tr traditional students or online that I've ever seen. You know, it's not many places where you will literally go to social media if you, to make yourself feel better about a loss because what you're seeing is maybe criticisms if you've lost a game. You should have won or if you will lead. But I will go to our social media and we'll see, we'll see people across the country, our fan base across the country, and it's the same thing. Um, you'll get it next time, Lopes. Good job. Um, great effort. And those are just things that you don't see. And so um, I'm so impressed and so thankful for our community and our fans just from across the country. So yeah, supportive. That is, that's definitely a change from what you see in a lot of places, right? For sure. Um, hey, look, you know, there are several distinctives, and we've talked about them. One of the, one of the additional ones I think bears some discussion is the Havocs. Um, you know the Cameron Crazies. You've heard of the Zona Zoo. There are certainly other student groups out there in the country that have created an interesting atmosphere. But the Havocs um, have become quite a force and a, a national story in the last few years as to how your student body 
uh, supports your basketball program. And um, for those who maybe haven't seen your games on uh, on television yet or haven't had the benefit of attending, uh, talk about the uniqueness of that group. Yeah, they are, I will say that they are the best student body. Maybe some will disagree, but I will say that they are the best student body in the country. And, you know, it continues on this year. We welcomed about 10,000 new students onto campus this year. Last night we hosted a soccer game versus an in-state team. And uh, we had, we broke into the record. We had over 3,200 students and fans there for a women's soccer game. And um, we do have great weather here, but last night wasn't one of those days. It was very hot, and those students were still here. Um, and just their energy, uh, their support was just incredible. Um, and it's, it's, it is something unique. And I'll say this. I think the culture of this university is very, it's very positive. It's very community-based. It's very Christian, Christ-centered. And I think those are the kind of students that are drawn to our university. So we have students from all around the country. But that's what they're looking for is what we have here. And when they visit our campus, they feel it right away. It feels like a fit. And so it really is about I would love to say because they're huge sports fans and they love sports. And, and there are some that are sports fans, but it really truly isn't about that. It's about the sense of community. It's about finding a place to gather with your fellow students. And it's also about supporting your fellow students on the field. And, and we have a great balance. You know, our student athletes, uh, they're not the stars of this community. They are, they're a part of this community. And it's that balance that we, makes it work. You know, our, our Havocs, they are pulled in a lot of directions, and they're just supportive people. They go to intramural events. They go to club sports. Um, they go to community service events together. Uh, they go to shows together. They go to events, just general events on campus together. So um, it, it's not about athletics. It's just about this sense of community and the sense of support. Um, and really it comes back to our Christ-centered mission of serving others. And, and that's why we have just a special group of students on campus. So correct me if I'm wrong, Jamie, but um, because so many of the facilities are new facilities, is it a true statement that in crafting these new facilities, you were able to, on the front end, um, consider student engagement and the ability for students to have an impact on the games across all of your facilities? I know certainly that was the thesis of when your arena was built, and um, is that have you carried that across all of your sports facilities now? Yes, and I would say not just across our sports facilities, but across our campus in general. Um, you know, President Mueller had a vision, our president had a vision of just a, a robust campus life where, where students have the opportunity to develop and build community and to gather. And so you see that just the way our campuses, our, our dorms are, are laid out. Um, just the way there are seating areas where people can gather. Um, he's very, he always has an emphasis when we talk about campus development on that sense of community and how do we continue to build that. So our facilities are the same way. They're close, they're intimate, they're close to the field. Um, the, the students are part of, a part of the in-game experience. It is all by, all by design. And really, again, it, it, it's not for athletics, for the students. And, uh, but we certainly are beneficiaries of that, that, that vision. Yeah. Um, okay, so one of the hot topics in the country in college athletics over the last, let's call it 18 months, has been uh, conference movement, conference realignment. And uh, your league certainly has grown. Um, you could say that some of that growth or change in the last little bit has occurred, I would call it primarily with a football focus in some ways. You don't play, uh, you don't currently play football at Grand Canyon. But talk to me a little bit about the evolution of the WAC. 
uh, we're really excited about the WAC and the future for the WAC. Um, you know, our the vision when this uh, conference was, I almost when it grew and we had several new members join, it was really to become uh, the premier mid-major conference in the country. And, and yes, there were football schools uh, that were added and we're really um, excited about them, but they're also very strong basketball schools. So if you look at what Stephen F. Austin has done and Abilene Christian has done, you know, and, and there's, there's investment um, in, in the conference. So we're excited about the future and about being aggressive um, across all of our sports. You know, for, for us, we had, for baseball last year, we had an at-large. We were the at-large team, so that means we had two, two baseball teams in the tournament. Um, we, we've had the same with men's soccer. Um, so it's not just um, about one sport. I think the presidents were on the same page that we want to be the premier mid-major conference across the board. Um, but yeah. in, in hiring, um, with the conference adding uh, pre uh, Commissioner Thornton, he's been very visionary, um, and I think he's aligned really well with our presence from an aggressiveness standpoint and from um, the vision of what the conference could be. All right, so now I want to talk a little bit about Jamie Boggs for just a minute. And, uh, you know, we've done 50-some-odd of these uh, podcasts now over the last year plus, and the first one in this series was, was with Ross York. And he mentioned in that, that just with the evolution of athletics and the craziness that, that is college athletics, there's probably even a case for having an athletic director who has this external background, fundraising, marketing, et cetera, and then also having an athletic director that candidly is a lawyer. And uh, I, that probably can't happen, right, And then from a design standpoint. But there are advantages to each of those particular narratives. For you in particular, you have a law degree. And I'm interested you know, maybe some would consider this a naive question. I know, Mike, you already know the answer. But how does being an attorney, uh, I mean, you're an athletic, uh, you know, director, right? But you have the background. How does being an attorney uh, help you in your day-to-day -day work in today's environment? I, you know, I think, um, as you know, the role of the athletic director has evolved substantially over the last, I would even say, five years. But it, but it is very much an executive management position. And so, um, and, and there's a lot of litigation going on that, that we have to deal with. Uh, but I think the most important piece is being able to communicate. Um, and that's something that you learn, uh, you have to do in, um, in law school and being an attorney, um, because there's so many changes happening so quickly. Um, and there's issues that need, that you might have to spot. And um, those are all things and, and skill sets that we learn um, with a legal background, but being able to communicate and knowing your audience and how to communicate both written and verbally is critical. And you have to be able to communicate really clearly as these changes are happening. You know, with all these changes happening so quickly, there's also not an understanding of the why. And being able to communicate that has been really critical. Um, but, but yes, we are at a time right now when, you know, we're hearing about collectives, what's a 501c3, what does this law apply, when does that law apply, is it federal legislation, is it state law? So those are the things we're facing constantly and daily, having to keep an eye on. And so just having an understanding of how the process works, how to interpret it, also how to talk with other lawyers um, and understanding, you know, where they're coming from, understanding risk for universities. Those are all the things that I think are very important um, right now to be an athletic director, and those are definitely all things that um, we had to, I guess, sharpen from a skill set standpoint going through law school. I, you know, I'm, I'm very, I, I very, I feel very fortunate that I chose that path. I think it's because this is where I was meant to be, and um, I don't think we ever, any of us, would have predicted that um, the industry would be where it is 
currently today, but I think, you know, change happens, change is always good, and we're going to find the opportunity um, with all these changes over the last, uh, last really 18 months, as you said, that have been pretty significant. Yeah. Um, tell me a little bit about your leadership style, Jamie. Um, yeah, okay, so you could say, you could translate that she's an attorney uh, to be, okay, pragmatic, very black and white, you know, rules focused, those kind of things. I've known you in the short time we've known each other to be much more than that, right? And so I'm interested to hear how you approach your job day to day in terms of your engagement with your campus, your your uh, your fan, your fans, donors, your your student athletes, coaches, etc. How do you lead day to day in, in your role? Well, I uh, I hope that I lead a very Christ-centered approach. That's what I, I try to do every day and make sure that I um, everything I do is is purpose of, 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 of God and to be the feet of Christ. And so my interactions, I hope that's how it comes off. Uh, but if I had to really identify kind of my style, um, first off, it, it would be authenticity. Um, I am who I am, and I'm going to be uh, honest with whoever I'm connecting with. Um, I'm never going to be anything but honest. Um, I would say transparent as well. That goes that goes with it. Um, you know, I, I never try... Even in t situations that are tough, even with conversations that are tough, I try to be transparent with all the people that I'm connected with. Um, and that's because I, I look at it as for the best of that person or for the best of the students or for the best of the university. So definitely try to make it um, a very open and honest um, environment here where people feel they can come in and they know that they're going to get a truthful response and a transparent response from me. Um, I also think that um, I try to be as and appreciative of, as possible for, for everything that we have. And I think that's important um, from a leadership standpoint and that that trickles down to everyone in the university. You know, it's really easy, especially in times when you're doing really well and successful um, as an athletics department. And we have been. We've won 21 championships in the last two years. It's really easy to focus on how hard we work internally. And we do. Athletics works extremely hard. We use have long hours. Uh, we have weekends and nights. And and it's, it's a lot of hard work. And when we have success, it's really easy to look at ourselves and go, man, we worked so hard and we did so much. Uh, but I think at times when you're most successful, that's when it's most important to think about how much others around you have contributed to your success, especially at a place like GDU where that isn't just a, a mindset. That's actually what has happened. Um, you know, we get recruits. We get, um, we get coaches. Uh, we get fan support because of everything that the university has provided for us. So um, really focusing on gratitude, thankfulness, and service has been a huge part of, of my leadership. And hopefully that has trickled down to our staff and coaches and student-athletes as well. Tremendous, tremendous. All right, well, hey, look, you've been so generous with your time today. And, again, as I know, you're diving into the fall and have so many different things going on. And uh, been very informative not only about who you are as a leader, but certainly about – Great Canyon University and all, all the dynamics that are in play there, and and it's pretty easy to see uh, pretty quickly why you guys are winning championships. So I just want to say thanks for joining me, and and I appreciate you taking time out of your day to do that. Thank you, Mike, and thank you for letting us share our story about GC. Really appreciate it. All right, lopes up is what they say, right? Lopes up. So uh, <laughs> it's great to be with you. Uh, this has been Jamie Boggs, the Director of Athletics at Grand Canyon University. We really appreciate our time. I'm Mike Hamilton, and this has been From the Chair. We hope you'll join us each Wednesday as, as these episodes are produced, certainly on all of your audio podcast platforms and on YouTube if you're interested in the video format. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.
Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.